So if you guys remember last season, we interviewed P Thug from Chromio. He started this marketplace called Yahabibi Market and he has this really beautiful 3D digital design of what Yahabibi Market would look like if it existed in reality on his website. It's like this traditional Arab looking bodega on the water, kind of in the middle of nowhere. And it's, it's just a very beautiful design where we actually were able to find the artist who created this. And that's who we have for this week's guest. This week's guest is Satoum, and she is the designer of Yahabibi Market's digital space. And Satoum is a designer and architect who specializes in doing these digital spaces in a very surreal way. If you guys check out her Instagram, her stuff is incredible. It's so magical. She just creates these dreamlike spaces that don't actually exist, but make you wish they existed so much because they're so beautiful. So in this episode, Satum talks to us about this new form of digital art and how her background in architecture has really kind of helped her design process. And we also talk about design versus art, kind of how she works with different clients to create these places that don't actually exist. It's really interesting. Um, we hope you guys enjoy. Hi, Satoum. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Could you just start off by telling us a bit about yourself and your work? Mm -hmm. So I grew up in Saudi. I was born and raised on the east coast of Saudi. I went to a regular public school, so there wasn't any specific art program that I was in. But ever since I can remember, really, I was trying to find ways to make things that I use or places that I am just look and feel better. And um, I remember starting fourth grade, I would decorate every single page of my notebook. <laughs> I would go and like glue some buttons, some dried flowers and just go all out and my teachers would always be so impressed because I didn't really have to do that I just wanted to and I had this one teacher who really saw my drive my creative drive and she asked me to start decorating the classroom with her because the way it worked is like every teacher had their own classroom and you could come up with a theme every year so she had me do that and I was in fifth grade so I remember one of the first things that I did was come up with this like underwater theme and I got these blue plastic bags and just crunch them together, glue some seashells on them and I would just come up with just whatever ideas I had and just go shopping and source materials for them and that was just so much fun for me. And from there, you know, as a teenager, I was designing my own clothes and just getting them tailored. And then some of my friends had me do that for them too. And all of that was happening and I was watching my parents design my second childhood home but neither of them are like professional designers but they were just doing that together and I would go to construction sites with them go to furniture exhibitions and later stages go to these like big marble and tile stores and I was a child but I just had fun doing that which you wouldn't think a 10 year old would enjoy so looking back at it I would say that was my kind of introduction to my interest in spatial design i mean i didn't know it then but now when i psychoanalyze myself but yeah and then you know when it came down to having to pick a major for college i had thought about so many different things and i it hadn't clicked for me then that 
I wanted to do architecture as a potential career. I like for a second entertained doing fashion design, but being a straight A student from a Middle Eastern culture, there was certain expectations. So, I mean, no one discouraged me from it, but I just didn't think that it was a serious, quote unquote, serious occupation, if you may. So I kind of dismissed it and then thought, you know what, what about architecture? It should be like a good mix of being creative and being very pragmatic and technical. So why not? And I applied to uh, architecture school in Boston and that's where I went to school. After then, I moved to LA to work for like a big architecture firm. But that was still not enough for me to like feed my eagerness to just want to create. So I started doing my personal projects digitally and I started by designing installations, furniture, products, but it was pretty occasional. And then it wasn't until March of last year, the beginning of the pandemic, that I had consciously like made a decision to start to create more consistently and share my work on my Instagram. And I actually had switched up my whole Instagram to just be centered around my work because, you know, it was just like a personal one before. And then from there, people started hitting me up to do work with them. And it's really only been a year, but I've, I'm overwhelmed in a good way with the amount of projects and people that I've gotten the chance to collaborate with so far. And um, yeah, it just opened so many doors. Like one of my first collaborators was my friend, Mike Taylor, who is a great musician. And because of the pandemic, you know, a lot of people were trying to focus or highlight the digital experience because no one can, you know, be together. So at least, for example, in terms of music, people were trying to create these visualizers to go along with their the song releases. So I did a series of like visualizers, like a minute long videos for like a series of songs that he was releasing over the summer. And that really made me think that, you know what, there's no, there, there are no limits to what I can do and like who I can do it with. Because I didn't necessarily think that as a spatial or sexual designer, I would necessarily do something with music. But then that just happened. And from there, I worked with photographers, uh, fashion designers, product designers. So it's been great. <laughs> Your work is really interesting because I feel like it's not something that I feel like it's almost like a new it's it's a new art form this like digital space and you're kind of like creating these structures that don't actually exist but they're like in 3D form and they're video. I remember looking at the Yahabibi Market logo and P was kind of saying that or not logo I guess but like the like the world. Right, right, mm-hmm. exactly. It's like this kind of surrealist if Yahabibi Market were an actual place this is what it would look like and like you put that into an actual piece of art so i'm interested to hear like how you go about the process of designing a space that doesn't even exist in the real world and like how you combine the vision of a client into your work so it's not a linear process you know with each project it's a little different but i do start with the typical step of creating a mood board and just collecting images and references of just the overall theme that i'm going for whether it's a project i'm doing for my own pleasure or for a client and there are some key elements that i'm always using to kind of guide my design one of them would be the natural light which i think is what defines the quality of a space and it's what really makes makes a beautiful and inviting experience. So I try to play with light and shadow to help form the architecture rather than just have it be like a side effect 
or an afterthought because it has the power to do that. That can be done, for example, through creating like a rhythm of light, no light, through the shadow casted by a series of arches or like strategically locating an opening so that at a certain time of day, the light would perfectly frame a specific moment. Um, so I like to play with that a lot. Another thing is materials. I like to stay within or like I would say limit myself to maybe one to three materials at most and I try to stay within neutral tones and instead of playing with colors I play with textures and I think there's kind of power in that subtlety that evokes more emotions at least for me than loud or bright colors would so i like to do some contrasting textures like it could be like a soft plaster against metal that is shiny or marble that's in terms of materials and texturing and then i like to add a layer of just natural elements which is what kind of puts the space in a more surreal context but still do it pretty subtly like not something too out of space like i wouldn't have a space that's upside down or underwater just like play with you know it's it's still like when you first look at it you could think that oh maybe this is real but then if you look deeply enough you're like oh no wait like it can't exist so i kind of like to play within that space of is it real is it not yeah so there are different ways that i like explore that um i use water a lot like if i could locate a space in the middle of water where there's no context to where this is and it, that just leaves more room to daydreaming imagination i like to incorporate like for example like large boulders or stones like inside of the space where they wouldn't normally be and i think that adds like a nice kind of surreal element that i don't get to do in like regular or real architecture i'm really curious if you are able to talk about it like how did the vision for the yaha bb market design space kind of come about so uh, P was one of those clients who had a clear, more clear vision and came with specific preferences and materials. So for example, he came and, you know, the idea of the space is, or the brand is to highlight like Middle Eastern and North African creatives. So naturally he wanted the overall aesthetic to have that, like, to have a reference to a traditional Arab bodega. And he wanted that in a context of like a Greece-like surreal environment. So that's, you know, that's how he communicated it to me. And I did a couple of different iterations of how that space might feel like at a very high level. Showed him a few different options. He liked one of them and we went from there. And there wasn't too much back and forth, but it was pretty collaborative because he's a creative himself and he has a sense of design, which I love to work with uh, clients who are like that, especially when our visions do align, right? That's how that came to life and people love it. So it's, it feels really nice to, you know, be able to bring an idea that didn't only exist in my head, like it existed through someone else's head and filter it through my own eyes and then bring it to life. I think that's like pretty satisfying. Yeah, that that image is actually so surreal to me. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw it and I didn't realize that it was like not like it was designed. It's not a real space. Yeah, a lot of people were like commenting like, where is this? How can I go there? <laughs> like where where I had to be like, yeah, I was like, actually, sorry, guys, but this doesn't actually exist. 
if someone if someone wants to throw a couple of million dollars at us maybe we can make it happen but that, that's a good example of like a client who has like a specific vision but i mean not everyone is like that i have some clients who just come with like a list of words for example and and maybe they're not from a design background but they just know the feel that they want so i can just go off of that but i think an important step for me is to speak with the client directly not just through email because like that not only helps me you know get a better idea of their overall vision but also a glimpse of how and who they are as a person because at the end i think design is about you know it's communication and we need to remember that we're people like we're i'm designing for another person i'm designing for to view it if it's a digital thing to be in it if it's an actual physical project so i like to remind myself that of that element that we're people this is not just work this is you know to be inhabited to be seen so i think that's key is to really understand the vision of the client and then take it you know take it in do some research and then bring it to new heights through my own lens yeah definitely you know when looking at your instagram i feel like your your designs are very modern looking at least in terms of architecture but i'm wondering if maybe your time in saudi like with like middle east architecture like has that influenced the way that the types of design that you um have in your work I didn't necessarily like think of that in the beginning, but I I like to think of it the kind of the other way around where I use my art to unpack and understand my background and my identity as an Arab or as a Saudi, um which has been a great tool honestly, especially for for someone like me who's, you know, I'm I'm a foreigner, I live I don't live with my family, I live away from home, so my art has been a way for me to kind of connect with that and some of my earlier projects that i shared with the world and they're some of my favorite projects have been deeply personal and rooted in my like personal background for example i did this giant installation of a digital installation of a piece of praying beads it's it's a pretty it's a pretty common you know accessory piece or a meditation tool exists in many cultures but it's just a very common thing that i used to see every day in saudi my mom uses it my dad uses it so i thought of how can i bring that everyday object through a different lens and a lot of times it's just playing with scale like something could be you know even like a cup of water you look at it it's a cup of water you blow it up in the scale times 100 and now it's a piece of art because it makes you think why why is this blown out of proportions like why is it in in this context so that was that was a, an example of a project that i think was like pretty directly related to my background there was another where i did like a calligraphy sculpture and it was of a common prayer also that i used to hear all the time and i placed that like i told you guys in in the middle of water where there's no context to it and added like a color to the water where it's not blue it's not you know the regular water color that we usually see which adds the element of surrealism but not really cuz maybe there there are some like red or pink waters that exist so it's not completely unrealistic so i think those just um you know exploring those types of things help me understand myself and then i do see some like recurring themes 
I think the usage of like arches, I'm noticing that it's something that I do like to use a lot and that could be tied back to, you know, Middle Eastern or Islamic architecture. And even though my designs are more on the minimal, you know, side or I would, I'd like to integrate like, for example, Persian rugs in a context where it is the, like the accent piece. So yeah, I, I definitely do see it being, you know, my background influencing my art and the other way around. So we're curious to know, like, what is one dream space that you would love to design? Because it sounds like, you know, everything is almost sort of like a dream for you that you kind of incorporate into each of your pieces. But like, if you could kind of envision one, what would it be? Uh, that's so hard because there isn't one thing. I'm, I'm so curious when it comes to, I'm, so, I'm a curious person, period. I always am asking questions all the time, but also when it comes to art and design, I don't want to stick to one medium. I don't want to stick to one realm. Like I, I practice architecture professionally during the day, which is very realistic and very physical and technical. And then um, I deal with my personal projects, which are more in the digital realm. So a dream would be to just keep doing whatever I feel like doing, you know, with no constraints um, in, in both realms, like I said. Um, I would love to get into stage design for like concerts or fashion shows. I think that would be amazing. I, I actually, like maybe a year before the pandemic, learned to DJ and I was, and I loved it as a, like a new way or a different way to channel my energy. And I'm always trying to like find ways to connect my different interests. So wouldn't it be cool to, to design a stage? I actually explored, I explored that in a different scale, like earlier on, maybe, maybe two years ago, I redesigned like a, the CDJs, which are these, the DJ equipment tool. And, you know, it's looked at as an equip, just an expensive ex equipment tool, but I try to relook at it in terms of, in an art, artful sense and made it out of beautiful white marble and had all the knobs be gold and custom made these like standing tables that go along with it. And how it's just like exploring the idea of how can we look at these functional objects, not just as functional objects, but, you know, they can also act as art. I don't know if that answered the question, but it pretty much it pretty much is that is my that my my dream goal or, or space. It's or I mean I would love to design museums. I'd love to do a whole museum or a private residence with no budget or installations at music festivals. So I'm curious like what kind of tools do you use in software? Yeah, I actually get ask this question the most <laughs> i have random people hitting me up hey like what software do you use what software do you use so i like developed like a template answer but i use uh, a couple of different 3d modeling softwares depending on the type of projects like there when it comes to like real architecture there's some industry standard softwares that are more like construction oriented and with my personal designs, I use Google SketchUp actually, which is a very elementary product that is very easy to use. I just got really good at it. <laughs> and then that's where I would do my modeling, like uh, the spaces, the objects. And then with that, 
comes a rendering plugins and that's like an additional kind of software on top of the 3d modeling where that's where it adds that quality of like realism to the images and that's where i play with light and do the animations and add materials so it, so it's those two things like 3d modeling software and then a rendering plugin and that's what creates the final the fan the final product which and actually i don't i don't do a lot of post-processing in photoshop I mean, I'm, I'm fluent in Photoshop, but only when I have to. But I try to like get everything I want done in the design itself to eliminate like the post-processing work. Yeah, and you, you said that you kind of started to really show your work, what was it like at the beginning of the pandemic? And now you've kind of just blown up. So what is like, a, what was a moment where you were just kind of like, oh my God, or you were just, you felt really proud of yourself? So I would say, I mean, the project that I did with Pithak was pretty amazing. And the fact that he just reached out to me, I was like, who, like, how did you find me? <laughs> how? Like, you never know who's looking at your profile. And also, and as I told you guys, like, I had just a personal private Instagram before this year. So that was kind of new to me. So that, that Habibi Market project, I really am proud of because it also, I haven't, like, until then, I haven't really dug so deep in myself as, a, like, a Middle Eastern artist. And because that project that point is the main point of it. I felt really, you know, proud to be a part of it. I also did a project with a friend, uh, Ricky, who's a director, and he started a brand, like a lifestyle brand, a home products. And for his like first product release, he would have typically done a pop-up, right? And, uh, but because of the pandemic, that didn't happen. So we did a digital experience together and uh, where it was like a digital showroom and it showed the product that he was launching. And that was really great because our visions really aligned. And I think with COVID, it really worked to my advantage because a lot of individuals and brands alike were really trying to highlight digital experiences because that's all we had. So there was a lot of demand for that. And I mean, even uh, you, uh, Sophia, was talking about how you know, this is like a new kind of art. I mean, for me, it's not really new. Like this is, I design spaces, but in terms of like 3D surreal art, it is definitely been a movement and it's been like booming just this year. I mean, in 2020, because of everyone being, you know, stuck at home and not being able to go anywhere. So people were trying to explore, you know, their dream spaces. Like, where can I be then? And it's really been like a movement, which I'm happy to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you're kind of what Nisha was saying earlier. You look at the spaces that you design and immediately you're just like, I would do anything to be there, you know? That's, uh, that's amazing to hear because to me, that's, that's the reaction that I want to get from someone who sees, who sees my art. Like to me, good design or good art is something that evokes sensations. If, if that happens, then great. I think that's a successful project. Even if it was, even if it was a negative sensation, actually, like when it comes to art, like when some people just see like this big painting and they just get so offended by it. And they're like, especially when it comes to like minimal yeah. art, like, you know, these just white canvas, uh, you know, paintings and museums. And then, and then you go and you're like, I can do this. Like, this isn't art. That's <laughs> why you didn't do it. <laughs> and it is art and it made you mad 
and it made you like feel all types of things. So that I think is a successful art project. So thank you for saying that. That's that's what I that's what I hope to hear. I've never really been introduced to this type of art before either. And when I first saw Yahabibi Market, I was like, well, this is interesting. Like, why is there just a picture of like a market? You know what I mean? Because it's not like you're selling the picture or anything really. But I think it's so, it's such a creative way to add to the brand, right? For any like clothing brand or e-commerce store, anything that doesn't actually have a physical location, it's just like you're you're like, well, this is how we want to be. And this is what we would be if we had a physical location. Yeah, exactly. And even and even brands that do have physical locations and physical products, a lot of them are turning towards, you know, doing their advertisement or commercials through 3D art because again, like the there's a lot less limits there. And it's I think I think one of the reasons that they are doing it because, you know, it's cheaper than having to fly the whole entire team to this like remote, super exquisite location. You know, rather than doing that, you could go and have someone just create it from nothing. So I think there's this is definitely I mean, it's not a completely new thing. Like 3D World has been around and the how much people are using it and integrating it into e-commerce um and just different different industries to sell their products or services has definitely been happening now more than before you know like i'm thinking about my brother's friend you know the name of our our podcast or you know we have a website too and like what that would look like if it were a physical space like an office or i don't even know what like a shop whatever it is that sounds like a new you know you said it's not this isn't a new art form but for people like consuming it it kind of is you know so what are the ways that that art is like displayed like if let's say you wanted to have an exhibit for your work how would you go about that or is it is this just purely kind of an online form no i mean this can definitely translate to a a physical environment and funny enough what really drove me to in the beginning of the pandemic to start showing my art was because i was working with a friend to do exactly what you said and we were going to create an experience where we uh, we would have different dj sets like at the whole event this was pre-pandemic planning right we're going to have a whole event bring different djs and musicians and we were going to integrate my work as as an installation so i started exploring different ways that i could display these videos more than just you know projected on a wall because again, like I come from uh, a three-dimensional space, right? So that's that's what intrigues me the most. Like I want to be able to experience the art, not just with my eyes, but with as many senses as possible. And I think that's what makes something so much more interesting and engaging. And that's why I love architecture because it does just that. I mean, and even when it comes to just art, that's the type of art that I do like is something that is large scale, something that you could experience through movement, like you could go into and or go around. So I was thinking of, you know, doing um, some type of three dimensional sculpture in, in a simple form. It doesn't have to be something so complex. It could be a tilted giant cube and 3D project different videos on each of the surfaces and have that be a centerpiece in this space. I mean, that's just one example, but I actually have a, have like a Pinterest board of 
different ways I could do just that because, like I said, I'm always interested in merging the different things that I do. So I would love to, when things start opening back up, is to do just that, like bring now all these digital experiences that I'm creating to, to a physical form. And I actually did that in a, in a much smaller scale just recently where I sent out these AR cards to just a bunch of friends throughout the world. And it had, I don't know if you guys seen it on my Instagram. So it was just like a, a physical postcard with an image, but then you could scan it with your phone and it would play a video. So that was kind of me starting to play with that idea of how I can now bring that all my digital experiences into the physical physical world and that could be done in so many different ways and you know at different scales but that's definitely something that I'm interested in. We like to ask if you have any recommendations for brands, musicians, or artists that you are absolutely like loving or your friends or anything like that. Well up and coming brands that are super cool um, there's Hella Looks uh, which is a it's a Los Angeles-based woman-led platform. They do uh, zines, like print zines and editorial content, and their work is focused on community and just advocating for local uh, talent. I mean, local, I would say maybe California local talent, and um, a lot of people of color too, because it's, it's founded by uh, my good friends who are three women of color. So they do a lot of great work with that, and I get introduced to a lot of new brands and creatives through them, so you should check them out. And I mean, I can go on, like for example, we talked about stage design, like a stage designer that I'm absolutely in love with. Her work is S. Deflin. She's, um, she's based in London, I think still. And she's like a really major stage designer. She's done um, work for Kanye, The Weeknd, Beyonce, like, but her work is truly amazing because it has that that three dimension dimensionality to it, which I said that I am really interested in. And she plays with like kinetic art and like movement and light and all those elements. I think is what makes great great experiences. She also does really large scale sculptures. She had a thing in um, the twenty twenty Dubai Expo, which I think never happened because of the pandemic. But I saw renderings of her proposal it was like a giant piece of like a almost like a dome projecting like poems from local poets. I think if I'm not mistaken, it just feels like very interactive and there's so much like research and that and like storytelling that goes along with it that sounds awesome we'll check them out for sure this was really really interesting thank you so much for being on the podcast of course no problem thank you and like i mean this definitely is helping me like find ways to like talk about my work and that helps me understand you know myself better That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much, Satoum, for being on the podcast. Her work is so beautiful and stunning, so please go check her out and follow her on Instagram. It'll be linked in this week's description. Also, definitely want to take her up on the creating my brother's friend as a digital piece of art. Yeah, what would my brother's friend be if it were a digital space? That's a curveball. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I imagine something very humble, not really that flashy. Nothing flashy, you know what I mean? Well, if you have any ideas, 
hit us up on instagram let us know your thoughts thank you guys for listening and check out our website mybrothersfriend.com and our instagram and stay tuned for the next episode in two weeks